Welcome to the Work-Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Work-Life Brilliance Podcast. It's me, your host, Denise Green, and I am so excited you're here. I'm really looking forward to talking with you about the perils of perfection. Now, I thought I was going to be talking about something else today, but a client conversation last week had me prioritize this one. I'm following the breadcrumbs that the universe leaves me, and this feels like the topic we need to talk about right now. So in this conversation I had with my client, she um, said something to me that prompted me to say, you know, perfection is an illusion. It's like a mirage. And once we get to it, we realize that it never existed in the first place. And she grinned and she said, that's what imperfect people say to make themselves feel better. I started cracking up and she grinned a little bigger, but a part of her really believes that's true. And it's creating a lot of pain in her, just like it created a lot of pain in me before I recovered from my perfectionism, and like it may be creating a lot of pain for you. So I want to give you a break from that pain. At least I'm going to try to. Okay, first of all, don't get me wrong. There are certain things that I want to be perfect, and those include buildings and bridges. I also want my stoplights to work perfectly, things like that. So math, engineering, Yes, please. Black and white, one is good, one is wrong. But that's where it ends. Maybe taxes, but I don't know, but accountants can get pretty creative within the legal limits. So there isn't black and white. There are so many, not just shades of gray, but infinite colors. Just think about physics. I mean, um, I don't know if you've heard, but the world is not actually flat. Oh, and Newtonian principles don't make sense um, when Einstein does his work on relativity. And then relativity starts to not make sense once we find out about the uncertainty, uncertainty principle from Heisenberg's work in quantum mechanics. Dark matter? I don't know. Who knows? It's still unfolding. So we as humans sometimes forget that we are constantly learning, constantly iterating. Um, Animals don't have this problem, by the way. You don't see gazelles in a herd um, practicing. Like, you know what? Nope, we just weren't fast enough running away that time. We got to practice again. You know, come on, you guys protect the herd. No, they go by instinct. They know what's right. But humans, we have those threat-seeking brains constantly scanning the environment for what could go wrong. And we're finding things all over the place because we have negativity bias. So we still have these ancient brains that are programmed to find fault five times as as often as finding the good. Now, the good news is you can shift that. You can fix your crazy brain. You can ignore it. You can recognize it for what it is and say, you know what? I don't need to be perfect in this. I can't be perfect in this. So let's find a new standard because whatever standard you're... Um, you're trying to adhere to, there's always another standard and there's always a cost. Even though you might feel some, there are some benefits to your perfectionism, like my client did, there are huge costs. So let's talk about the one benefit, at least the only one I can find. Um, you get to feel superior. At least you're trying to reach high standards, not like all those lazy people out there. It also gives you an excuse for your procrastination 
Now, there are two kinds of procrastination. Um, One is the creative kind, and that's a good kind of procrastination where you're not rushing the creative process. You're really setting an intention for what you want to create, and then you're sitting back and allowing inspiration to come to you. This is when you take notes. In fact, I had my workbook um, with me in line the other day, and I just got hit that I needed to talk about this topic. And I have really messy notes from my workbook, but inspiration hit. And when the time felt right, I sat down. So when it comes to creating music, um, even PowerPoint presentations, right? We need to let inspiration hit. Business strategy, can't rush that. You got to let inspiration hit. Whether it's in the shower, on a walk, it's probably not going to hit you when you're sitting in front of your computer. The other kind of procrastination is fear-based. When you know in your deepest heart that something is ready to go out, but you're not ready because you're afraid. You're afraid of criticism. You're afraid of judgment. You're afraid of not being good enough. So another cost of this, besides hoarding your work and not getting out fast enough, is that you drive people nuts. People feel like you're constantly judging them. And even if you're not, even if you're only judging yourself and you tell yourself you're judging the work, they feel your judgment and they feel like they cannot please you and it puts them into a fear state. And when people are in a fear state, they cannot access their innovative part of their brain. So you're creating a vicious cycle. They're going to make more mistakes because of your judgment. Your judgment then creates the thing you were trying not to create in the first place. You're going to drive yourself nuts too, trying to do the impossible, and you're going to become stressed and feel shame. And shame, just as a reminder, Brene Brown defines it as, unlike guilt, where we think we've done something wrong, shame is where we think we are something wrong. It's very painful. And this causes us to be inauthentic with people. People don't know you, and then they don't trust you. Because if you can't trust them with your messiness, then how can they trust you with their humanness? I remember when I was at one of my lowest points after my daughter was born and I was physically and mentally exhausted is not the right word. I was not myself. And I I had no energy to pretend otherwise. And I remember I befriended a woman at that time who was a neighbor who also had an infant. And she says, you know what I like about you most? I said, what? And she says, you don't make it look easy. And I told her, I don't have the energy to try to make it look easy. And she could be so real with me. And to this day, we are such close friends and I'm much better. Um, But she knows um, that she can trust me with her messiness. So your relationships when you are a perfectionist are surface level. And that's just such a shame because... We need relationships with depth where we can be ourselves, where we can be our full, messy human self and still be loved and accepted. So back to the hoarding of your creative work through procrastination. You cannot be creative and a perfectionist at the same time. Perfectionism is looking inward instead of looking outward at how you can add value. You're trying to create from fear and you're not accessing your full creativity when you can really create from generosity and love. And that is such a much more beautiful place to be. So high standards are good, but what standard are you adhering yourself to? Because there's always a different one. Just look at the history of painting and all of the different uh, modes of painting we've seen. I was thinking uh, recently of my walk through the Musée d'Orsay in Paris. And On the first floor, you have early 19th century painters where the lines are perfect. Everything looks so realistic, like you could even just step into it. So 
it's beautiful uh, by some standards, by many standards. I didn't feel much when I was looking at it other than impressed with the technique. And then I walk upstairs and I start to feel. I'm walking through the impressionist's And then I walk into a small room filled with light. I don't actually know if it was filled with light or if the light was coming from the paintings, but I just remember this overwhelming emotion coming over me and tears just flowing from my eyes. I was in the Van Gogh room. And if you look at a Van Gogh compared to an early 19th century painting, they almost look like they were done on different planets. The energy, the vibrancy, the color, And of course, this was a troubled person, but he um, channeled that. He didn't try and be perfect. And his contemporaries were doing similar things. If you look at Cezanne, um, there was nothing perfect uh, technically about what they were doing. But man, did it make us feel. And is it memorable and worth millions and millions of dollars? Yes, it is valuable. So I would, you know, venture that Back in his day, um, Vincent was probably pretty hard on his work, probably gave himself a low grade on his work, and indeed, he didn't sell anything while he was alive. And this reminds me um, that most of us would probably give ourselves a poor grade on our work. I remember once I stunned my family when I said that I thought of myself as lazy. And they said, what are you talking about? You got almost straight A's through high school. You got a full-ride scholarship. You graduated summa cum laude, even though you broke your back your senior year. And you had to work uh, throughout your college career. And then you got into Stanford and you graduated there. And then, you know, on and on and on. I said, yeah, but I always knew how to do just enough, just enough to meet the standard that I wanted to. So in high school and college, I knew how to get an A minus average. I knew how to graduate with exactly enough credits, not more. And then at Stanford, I knew how to graduate, which just required a B average. So while other people were killing themselves and feeling horrified if they got a B on a paper, I didn't care. I celebrated. By the way, I'm in an extreme amount of pain and I'm working full time. And if I get a B, I'm excited. So it was a different standard. I thought I was cured. And then one day I'm sitting across the table at my doctor's office, Raj Patel, amazing, amazing doctor, Um, integrates both Eastern and Western medicine, holistic, looks at the whole person. And he noticed that I had this story that was based on perfectionism. And I had this belief that there was one right path for me in life. And if I stepped off it, if I made a mistake, if I took the wrong job, married the wrong person, didn't get married, uh, didn't have children, whatever it was, that I would be off my path forever and my life would be ruined. Now, even even as I say this, it sounds completely crazy, but it was a story. It was my delusion. It was my belief. And beliefs are just thoughts we decided to make true. I wasn't even onto it until I said it to him. And he asked me quite simply, what happens if Denise makes a mistake? And at this time, the craziness came to the surface and I started laughing. And all of that stress and all of that shame also came to the surface via my tear ducts. I had no idea what was happening. I, I didn't feel sad, but it was all coming out and I couldn't stop until about five minutes later, it all came out. Now I try to live my life a very different way and I do live my life a very different way. There isn't one path. There's an intention that I have for creating value in the world, for helping people, using my gifts uh, to help people, becoming spiritually awake, um, staying healthy, raising my daughter to be a good human being who's happy and feels loved. There are so many ways to get to that point. And now I just pay attention. I ask for help. 
and I notice the breadcrumbs that the universe gives me and I follow them. And if ever I miss one, I know that if I keep my intention clear, that they'll send me another one. So there is no black and white when it comes to human souls. Like I said earlier, there is a color spectrum with infinite possibilities. Stop hoarding your brilliance. This perfectionism isn't helping you. It's like a weight around your waist. When you let go of it, you can share your unique color spectrum, your unique combination of gifts with the world. It's about creating, learning, and iterating instead of hoarding and trying to perfect. You are a messy masterpiece, a unique one. Embrace it. You aren't bad. You're beautiful. Before we close, I want to leave you with a quote from the master of this topic, Brene Brown, who writes in the book, The Gifts of Imperfection. Perfectionism is a way of thinking that says this, if I look perfect, live perfect, work perfect, I can avoid or minimize criticism, blame, and ridicule. All perfection is, is a 20-ton shield that we carry around hoping it will keep us safe from being hurt. So my ask of you is to drop the shield. And today, I want you to connect with someone with your full, real, perfectly imperfect self. And then see what happens. Thank you so much for listening. Please come back next week for another episode of Work-Life Brilliance. I'm going to keep the topic a surprise because I never know what's going to happen this week. But until then, shine brightly, my friends. Boy, does the world need you. Thanks for listening to Work-Life Brilliance. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at iTunes.